Welcome to the Bearing Fruit Podcast, where we will be discussing the simplicity of Christianity. This is a production of Simply Free Church in Lanark, Illinois. Now here's your host, Pastor Glenn Scott. All right, let's get started. Um, last couple of weeks, or I guess last week especially, I was trying to teach you about the ratio of seed to yield. And farmers understand this a lot. But the farmer that went out and threw down four different seeds in different types of soil, only 25% of those actually produced a crop. But it was huge. It was 100, and it was 60, and it was 30 times what he had planted. So I tried to apply that to your life. We try to reach people, and we have people in our lives that we want to, to come to know Jesus and have eternal life. It's just something that I think each and every one of us has and we're, we're not very good at planting this seed on good soil. And what happens is you plant the first one, and it doesn't grow very well, so you, you blow that off, and maybe you'll try again, and when that doesn't work, you're never going to do it again. You, you can't do this, and then we use this as an excuse, that I can't reach people, I can't plant seeds. When in that parable, it was the fourth time he threw down seeds that produced a yield, and it was so much more than the three that they lost. So I don't want you to ever get discouraged to plant a seed in somebody's life. The problem is, is how we treat the people that don't accept the seed. And I I actually think this is bad, and I think there's some good teaching here. I think people actually can abuse the text. To Christianity, there is so much more than just throwing down seeds. We're supposed to be kind, and we're supposed to be gentle. And and we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to give people hope. So when your seed doesn't yield all this crop that you thought that it should, and you're getting discouraged, you have to remember that that's a very small part of Christianity. You still have all this other stuff to do in the way that you're supposed to act. So if you are at the point where you have thrown down three different seeds, and nobody has accepted it, and there hasn't been any yield from it at all, don't be afraid to do the fourth one or the eighth one. Now, I'm going to try the math thing again, right? If you were here last week, I'm not a math person. You've got to understand that not everybody is going to accept this seed. It's not all going to fall on good ground, but it doesn't mean that you treat them bad. And this is what happens to us. We are supposed to be equipped for every good work. That way beyond throwing seeds down. What about the person that actually is starting to grow, starting to get it, and they need hope? You know, we can't just abandon people. We can't just walk away from somebody and say, okay, I did it. Either they didn't accept my seed or they did, so now I'm done. I don't have to do that anymore. That is not Christianity. It's a good thing. And if you want to do it that way, that's fine. Maybe you're reaching some people. But we don't just walk away from somebody. We really don't. You know, the Holy Spirit never gives up on us. And what happens is we throw down these seeds, and when they don't grow the way we think they should, we get mad. And when we get mad, we start to shun people in our life. We, we don't associate with them anymore. 
And, and I, I get some of this, and we're going to talk about some of this, but it doesn't give you the right to treat them bad. And then this is what happens. Somebody does not accept my seed, and it, it fell on rocky ground, and I'm never going back there again. I, I don't think that's anything like Christianity. And we do it. We try once. If it doesn't work, those people are out. In fact, we actually want justice right at this moment. What happens is, when they don't accept my seed, I want them to pay. I threw down that seed, and you didn't accept it. So you know what's going to happen is, I'm going to give it to you good. This is justice, and you deserve it, and I'm going to lay into you. I don't know why I'm looking at you. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lay into you. Isn't this what happens to people? How many times in your Christian walk, maybe, maybe you've never had, that somebody's approached you about church or Jesus or something like that, and they kept on you and kept on you and kept on you to where you didn't want to talk to them anymore. You'd run and hide. You'd see their phone calls, and I'm not answering that. That's what happens when we don't treat people right. Just on these people all the time, just trying to, and that is not your job. Your job is to throw that seed down. And if they don't accept it, or if it starts to grow, and it doesn't grow the way you think that it should, you do not have the right to treat them any different than you would anybody else. And there's text in the Bible that people use to, to justify their actions when they don't associate with anybody anymore. I'm going to shun them. I'm not going to even talk to them anymore. And you think this is justice because this is what they deserve. They don't deserve your love. They don't deserve your kindness. And you're not going to give it to them because they didn't grab your seed and make it grow. First of all, that's not your seed, and that's not your job. Your job was to throw it down. That parable is a farmer, one farmer, throwing seed on four different types of ground. And there's different types of ground that we have all the time. And you'll find the one that's right. And this peace and this purpose will come over you so much that you'll get it and you want to do it again. You can't go crazy with this. I know people that have been on fire. They have seen the light or whatever you guys want to call it, and they just go around everybody. And, of course, they were bad, and now all of a sudden they're a Jesus freak, and you're like, that dude has really gone off the deep end. That's not effective either. Oh, you gotta, you got to know about my Jesus. you gotta, you got to, dude, back off. You're ruining that relationship by doing that. So what I want you to do is think about how Jesus treated people. And what we're going to do is we're actually going to look at some text. I don't have a slide for this one, and I actually want you to read it, and I don't want you to use it out of context. But Matthew 18, you ever Matthew 18, anybody? Some of you guys have been in church long enough to know this, right? I'm going to Matthew 18 them, because they're not doing what you want. And you're going to give it to them good. You're going to go to them, and you're going to confront them, and if that doesn't work, you're going to take two or more people with you and confront them. And if that doesn't work, you're going to take them to the church, and the church is supposed to bring them up front and rebuke them and throw them out of the church. I threw a seed down. They didn't accept it. In fact, what they did was they took that seed, and they used it the wrong way. Now, pastor, I want you to get them. You want justice, and you're now going to treat that person different than anybody else. You do not have the right to do that. Not at all. This Matthew 18 is about sin within the church. It's not something that you can use just to get your own way. That's abusing the text. This is a sin within the church body, within an assembly, and how to handle it. You cannot use this to get your own way. 
And that seed was not yours. You just threw it down. If it didn't grow, move along. We talked about it. Brush the dust off of your feet. Brushing the dust off of your feet does not give you a right to treat them any different. In Matthew 18, when he's talking about this church, here's where people abuse the text. The last line says, if they refuse to listen to you, or even to the church, treat them the way that you would pagan and tax collectors. Oh, right? Now, the scripture here has just given you the right to treat them like pagans and tax collectors. Ooh. Do you know how Jesus treated the tax collectors? Have you thought about how Jesus treated the pagans? Have you thought about that this is what this means? To brush the dust off your feet? You're not going to treat them any other way. So what I want to do is talk to you about how Jesus treated pagans and tax collectors because that's what it says to do. Now you've got to remember this is all about sin first. This is sin within the church he's talking about. But people want to take this line and say, I tried to save your soul. I tried to give you eternal life, and you didn't do it, so now I'm not going to have anything to do with you. As a matter of fact, you've made me mad, and now I'm going to treat you like pagans and tax collectors because that's what the word says to do. Here's how, here's how Jesus treated some of them. Um, I'm actually going to read this out of Luke chapter 22, and they're coming to arrest him, right? And, uh, of course, uh, Simon is going to defend him, and he grabs a sword and is going to start whacking them with the sword when they're coming to take away his Lord and Savior. Jesus says, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed it. Peter had taken the sword, Simon Peter, whatever you want to call had taken the sword out and was going to get him, and he took a swing at him and cut his ear off. Jesus says, no more of this. Right? He reaches down, grabs his ear. Now I'm putting this into something you can understand, right? Puts it upside of his head, and his ears healed. These were pagans, tax collectors. They were guards. They were centurions of Caesar's. Do you think at that moment, if Jesus would have been upset with them, he would have stopped them from taking the sword to him? This is how Jesus was treating people. We don't just give up on people. We don't just shun them out of our life. You'll never have the opportunity to talk to them again. So, how did Jesus treat the adulterous woman? He forgave her and sent her on on her way. How would you have treated her? What if she walked in the door here right now and wanted to come into your church? Oh, my goodness. Your church. This is my church. I can't go to church with her. Or him, let's, let's make this a culture thing, right? I can't go to church with them. If you allow them in here, I can't come here. That's not Christianity. How about the uh, Samaritan woman at the well? Told her she'd been married five times. How did he treat her? Think about it. I'm not going to read the whole parable to you. Think about how Jesus treated the Samaritan woman. And, and what you don't understand here is the culture is that the Jews hated the Samaritans. <laughs> Absolutely hated them. And the, the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, the robber along the path, where the good Samaritan stops and helps him. That's how Jesus treated people. And what we're doing to people is if they don't believe the same thing that we believe, we treat them like a piece of blank. 
trying to do better on my language. Good job. Right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I love this. Uh, when you were a little kid, didn't you all sing the uh, Zacchaeus song? Anybody know that little song? We little man is he? Right? See, you're singing it, aren't you? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And when Jesus was going along, Zacchaeus was so small that he climbs up into the tree to see this Jesus. And as Jesus goes by, he actually says, come down from there. And he invites himself to Zacchaeus' house. For dinner. How did Jesus treat the tax collector? He was a tax collector. And he says, come down from there. He actually says, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. He invited himself over. How would we have treated a tax collector? I'm not talking about the definition of tax collector here. I'm putting it into culture for you. These were the people that were rejecting. They were, they were um, not doing things right. They extorted money. When they came around to collect, to collect the taxes, they'd put some in their pocket. They were corrupt. How about if we use that word? And Jesus says, I'm going to have dinner with you today. Maybe it was supper. I don't know what you guys use for a lingo. This is how Jesus treated the tax collector. Here's probably the best one. By the way, Matthew was a tax collector too. In Luke 23, 34, I want you to think about this. He's dying on the cross. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. How did he treat people that wouldn't even accept him? And you're going to treat them different because they didn't grab your seed. It didn't fall on good ground. And, of course, it's not your fault, right? No, no. You're going to throw this seed down and you're going to work it. This is where people get all way off track. They're working it and they're working it and they're working it. Maybe you should have prepared the soil first so when you threw the seed down, it would have fallen on good soil. But you threw it down on bad soil and you want it to grow so bad, right? I'm going I'm to work this person until they get it. I'm going to give them eternal life. Yeah, you're going to do that, right? It's all on you. And we ruin a relationship by trying so hard that they will never talk to you again. They will think you are a whack job, and it's done. Where when we brush the dust off of our sandals, off of our feet, and walk away, doesn't mean we treat them any different than we would have to begin with. Because you'll maybe have another opportunity. When you come back around to the rocky path, maybe the soil will be better then. Maybe they won't listen to you, but they might listen to somebody else. So you give somebody else a chance. But if you ruin it for the next person, it's your fault. That is totally your fault. And this is what happens to us. We try so hard. You know, you don't go to heaven by how many people you saved. That's not Christianity at all. So if you have never saved anybody, I shouldn't say you've saved. If you've never planted this seed that has fallen on good ground, it's okay. It doesn't mean you walk away and don't do the rest of the stuff. The love and the peace and the joy that people need. We're supposed to produce fruit. Now you throw a seed down. If it doesn't grow, okay, I get it. You still treat them a certain way. The way that Jesus treated the pagans and the tax collectors. 
Think about how he treated them. We have abused this text so bad for so long that people think that they can shun everybody. I, I tried to tell them about church once, and they wouldn't listen, so I'm, I'm out on them. This is what we say, right? This is what I say. I'm out. I'm done. They're, they're going to go to hell. Now, I'm not swearing here. I'm talking literal now, right? So I had a friend once that said, um, I tried to tell them about Jesus, and if they don't listen, I say, all right, it's not on me. Go to hell. <laughs> literally. I'm not swearing or anything here. He, he literally would say, go to hell. Like, he's the one, right? I am the truth and the way. Whoever follows me gets to the Father. But if you're not going to, you're going to go to hell. That's not how you treat people. You realize that that person that he said that to will never speak to him again. In fact, he'll never speak to them again because he's so mad. Like, he's got the privilege to do this. This is my seed, and I'm going to grow it, and I'm going to water it. And if it doesn't fall on good ground and something happens and it withers and dies, I'm going to work them. I'm going to, oh, make them so mad, I'll never talk to them again. That is not Christianity at all. Actually, what I want to talk to you about next is when somebody has something against you. If you tried to plant a seed that way and it didn't grow and you shunned them, they would actually have what's called something against you. You didn't do it right. You separated the friendship. You ruined the relationship because of the way you treated them, because they wouldn't accept your seed. And what he does in Matthew 5, um, Jesus is actually speaking here, and he's telling them that when you come to the altar to give your gift, if somebody has something against you, leave the gift and go make it right, then come back and give the gift. Go make it right. Somebody's got something against you. You're supposed to leave the gift. He doesn't want your gift if somebody's got something against you. So how can you possibly say, okay, if you won't listen to me, I'm out. I'm done. You'll have to, you're going to hell. That's how my friend would have been. Give you one shot. If you won't take my seed and make it grow into a huge harvest, you're out. That person is going to have something against you. In fact, you have something against them. And he doesn't even want your gift. He wants your heart to be right. Okay. Let's say you're a person that's going to use the Bible to correct them. Okay, now's my chance, right? They didn't do what I wanted. They didn't uh, follow what I said to do. And instead of brushing the dust off of my feet, I'm going to correct them. Because there's text in the Bible that says, oh, that says a lot, doesn't it? That bring them before the church. So I'm going to correct you, and I'm going to justify it. But then it says in 2 Timothy 2.25, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. Gently. That's Christianity. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. If you blew it, this is over. Any correction that you're going to try to give them is not going to work. We all got somebody, haven't you? So you're looking through the peephole and uh, I ain't talking to them. 
right? Uh, or you, worse, open the door and say, get off my property. Take your stuff and go. Don't ever come back here again. So does Jesus tell you to say that? Oh, some people say that he does. Because it says in Second John, it says, I'm not even going to read it all. It says that when somebody runs ahead of them and gives them the false word, they don't know it's false, of course, they're going to deceive them, to not let them in or have anything to do with them. And they have taken this, and they didn't, they didn't understand the culture, and they're saying, it even says in Scripture that I'm not going to let you in my house. In fact, I'm not going to have anything to do with you. You get off my property. Don't you ever come back here again. In fact, I don't even want you going to my kid's house, my friend's house. Get out of this block. Go to the next city. Boy, you just blew it. If they're trying to convert you, are you trying to convert them? Now, if you're not prepared for that, don't try it. Because they actually prepared a lot better than you did. They're actually basing their faith off works. And they have studied and they have a plan. And their plan is, is to outwit you and make you look small. When somebody ran ahead of the gospel that they were teaching, when it says that somebody ran ahead, you know how you try to get to somebody first? If I know somebody's going to go over to Ada's house and try to sell her a set of encyclopedias, uh, we don't do that anymore, do we? No. These, they don't even know what encyclopedias are. <laughs> the ones that are laughing knows what I'm talking about. Uh, what, what, what do they sell these days? Oh, anyway, if I'm going to go over to Ada's and sell a, a set of encyclopedias, and Terry here finds out, and she's got a set of encyclopedias that's a little cheaper, a little quicker, a little smaller, and she, she quick runs over to Ada's and said, hey, I got some great encyclopedias here. They're cheap and they're short and, and they'll teach you everything you want to know and those, other, those others are bad. See, that's what they mean by running ahead and knocking on somebody's door and giving them the false gospel. Don't have anything to do with them. Don't let them in your house. Not letting them in their house. I want you to refer this back to when he sends out the apostles and he says, stay with people. If they don't welcome you, leave that place. You've got to understand that this was the culture. To let somebody in your home meant to let them stay there. To come on in. This hospitality wasn't just come on in for a cup of coffee. This was come into my life. When they're walking along the road and he says, if you get approached by somebody, do not associate with them. You've got to know the culture. These were prostitutes and stuff that were coming out. And he's telling them, don't get sidetracked from your mission. To associate with them means to, to hang out with them. To, to do what they do. To, to be their best friend. He doesn't tell them to treat them bad. He doesn't tell them to yell at them or slam the door in their face. He doesn't do that. In fact, he says how to treat people. The greatest plan the enemy has is to make you feel like you do not have purpose and that you're not effective. And this is what happens when you throw down a seed and it does not produce a yield. He is going to get in your head and say, you can't do it. You're not good enough. Didn't work. You better not try that again because the pastor said if you try too many times, you're going to ruin something. This is a ploy. We never give up on people. In fact, we love them so much that maybe we'll have another shot. Maybe we'll be able to talk to them again sometime. Maybe somebody else can come along and say, hey, you're just like my, my old friend because he doesn't like me anymore and so I don't want to have anything to do with you. Maybe if you treated him right, that person would have an opportunity. Or if you just treated them kindly, with love, 
gentleness, kindness. Give them some hope that it's okay. Now, it's not okay that they don't believe. Don't take that the wrong way either. If you ruin everything, you'll never have another chance, and you might ruin a lot of chances for a lot of other people. Why don't you treat them the way Jesus treated them? Okay, what happened when the people didn't do what Jesus asked? The majority of them didn't. How did he treat them? Why don't you study that this week? Jesus didn't give up on you. But you're going to give up on somebody else? That is not being Christ-like. In fact, it's just the opposite. Our God is not only a God of second chances, but of many chances. Can you do that for somebody? Or are you just going to give them the one and done? Aren't you glad Jesus didn't do that to you? Because I bet the majority of us in here had probably rejected him at some time. He didn't give up on you. Why would you give up on somebody else? He loved even though we didn't love him. And we still don't love him sometimes in the way that we should. He didn't give up on us. He's with us all the time. You actually treated Jesus pretty bad at one point. You didn't know him. You probably laughed about it when people tried to give you the seed. How did you treat them? How did they treat you when you didn't accept? Was it Christ-like? Either way. And if you're not any good at throwing these seeds down, you don't want to be the farmer. Then be the Jesus. Be the kindness, the goodness that they need, the love and the peace and the joy. You are supposed to bear fruit. That's how you're supposed to be. You know what you're actually doing is you're actually setting a source for somebody to come back to. They know you are a Christ follower. And when there's a time that they need you, they'll know where to go unless you treated them bad. So by throwing down a seed, you're actually setting a source for when God himself has to change them. Let's pray that that doesn't happen because a lot of us have been through that. If God himself has to do something to change them, are they going to know where to go? Are they going to know who to talk to? Is it you? Or will they never talk to you again? Or will you never talk to them again? He died on that cross for them as much as he did you. He loves them as much as he loves you. Can you understand that? So when you're trying to lead somebody to the cross, why don't you take a few minutes every day and go to the cross yourself first and figure out how to treat people, how to be the farmer, where to throw the seed, how to do it. Jesus, what do you want me to do? This is what you're going to find at the cross. I actually got a list right here. These are the type of things that somebody that you set the seed down should see. The cross is where God reconciled us to himself. That's a friendship right there. This is where mercy was explained. This is where grace was defined. Are you going to do that to people when you throw the seed down? This is where love was shown. This is where compassion was found. This is where forgiveness happened. This is where the debt was paid in full to Telestai for you and the person you don't like right now. This is the place that the Lord took everything that we deserved. 
Can you take anything for somebody else? This is the place that gives new life. This is the place that you find hope. I want you to go to the cross and spend some time there before you ever try to lead somebody else there. Because these are the things you're going to find at the cross. So right now, I don't care whether you sit in your seat or you stand and you jump or do handstands or cartwheels. I don't care what you do. But take a few minutes and sit at the foot of the cross and realize what happened on that cross, what he did for you, and then go plant the seed. That's where you're going to find out how to treat people, by how you wanted to be treated. Jesus treated you in such a way that you should treat other people the same because you want the forgiveness, you want the mercy, you want another chance, aren't you thankful? But you won't do any of those to anybody else? That's the stupidest thing ever. You know, people don't understand where they can be effective and how they can be effective. A power lifter amongst a bunch of youth, unbelievable. Boy, I could go through most of you. Everybody's got somebody that they can throw a seed down. But you don't treat them bad if that seed doesn't grow. And if it grows and gets choked out, give them some space. Don't be harsh with them and say, dude, you got to get back to church. That doesn't work. Show them love, peace, joy, kindness. Because then they'll know where to go and say, it's been a long time since I've been in church and I need it. I knew that you would know what to do. Aren't that, isn't that the type of person you should be? That's called a Christian. Not the guy that hammers everybody because they're not doing it right. I'll say it again. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Let's leave this place and treat people the way Jesus treated us when we sat at the cross and begged for forgiveness. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. I don't know anybody like you. I can't understand you, but I can feel the love. Show me how to treat people like that. If I can throw down a seed, Lord, I will. You make it grow. If it doesn't grow, help me just to move on to the next person. Lead me to the cross once again to start all over because that fourth seed is going to produce a crop 160 and 30 times size. God, that's what we want. That's the purpose we want. Thank you so much for never giving up on us. It's in your son's beautiful name we pray and leave this place. Amen. Amen.